Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Let's take the Word of God and open up the Word of God tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining with us. You know, this is the best day of the year. Did you know that? This is the best day of the year. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. But today is arguably the best day of the year. And uh, if you'll turn with me to the book of Leviticus, we will begin to find out why today is the best day of the year. And uh, in Leviticus chapter 23 specifically, um, I know that we often, especially um, us Gentile uh, 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 folks, we kind of avoid, you know, Leviticus. It has a whole lot about a whole lot of things, you know, but God has put something in there, you know, uh, 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 you know for us tonight. And there, there's so much that God has given us from the book of Leviticus. And I know it can be hard to understand, but let's take a look and see what God says in Leviticus 23, specifically verse number 27. Are you ready? Also the tenth day of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. <laughs> okay, now don't get confused about the tenth day of the seventh month because it's not talking about our calendar. It's talking about God's calendar. Okay, and guess what today is on God's calendar? Today, September the 15th, the year 2021 on our calendar, is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Isn't that amazing? Here we are at the Day of Atonement. Well, my goodness, we'll learn a little bit more about that tonight. But uh, we, we are on God's calendar. We may not realize it. We may not know it. You know, we've, we've kind of moved off of it. But God hasn't. God has not left His plan. He's not left, you know, and neither has heaven left. Uh, the, the plan of God behind. God has a plan and it's seen in these feasts. We've been talking about that a little bit lately, but God has set seasons and feasts. And in fact, God has set every single thing in order. There is an order to God. There is an order to what God has done, what God is doing, and what God is going to do. There is an order, and God does everything orderly. Even looking back at creation, you know, I imagine the cows were very happy that, he, that God made the grass before he made the cows. You know, I mean, God does things in order, you know. He, he, he made some dry ground before he made man and before he did the trees. You know, all these things are in order. And the Bible says that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, summer and winter, Cold and heat shall not cease from, from, from the earth. God is a very predictable God in the order of things. And he has laid his order out in the word. And, you know, there is a set time for everything under heaven. And God, as we've talked about recently, he knows the end from the beginning. How marvelous is that? And he has a plan. He has a set time for, uh, for the occurrence and the fulfillment of every single thing. And he has shared these set times, and he has shared glimpses of a great fulfillment in a day yet to come for so many of the things that we now enjoy on earth. Heaven is very aware tonight of the season that we are in. I mean, we aren't 
we are, we are the ones that are not aware of what's going on in our life, what's going on in our world. We are the ones that aren't even aware many times of what's going on in God's timeline. But heaven is very aware. And specifically this day, since it promises a fulfillment one day of the atonement of Christ. The concept of atonement is a concept of substitution. You know, uh, Jesus took our place, and we take his. That's, there's a substitution. You know, I mean, he, he you know, died so we don't have to, this substitution. But this main fulfillment is one of sin and the penalty of sin, the stain of sin, the memory of sin even. You know, many of you are, are plagued from time to time by remembering something that you did or something that you failed to do in life. And it, it, it at, at times haunts us, and, and we wonder, how can God forgive? How can God forget? I certainly can't forget, and sometimes it can be difficult for me to forgive, sometimes even difficult for me to forgive myself, let alone imagine that God would forgive me for things uh, that, that I have done or haven't done, or that He would be willing and able or consciously plan to forgive other people uh, you know who, who we're connected to many times our concerns are more for others that may be right on the edge of God's mercy right on the edge of God's grace we imagine but uh, uh, this day of atonement you know everything in creation is pointing at this day of atonement and today is the day on God's calendar that for the last you know, 3,500 years, give or take a few years, that we have been celebrating this as the children of God. Of course, the, the Gentile church, the Western church, does a whole lot less celebrating of the Day of Atonement than others have in times past, especially the nation of Israel all the way through until about 70 A.D. Well, uh, if, if we were to imagine the year, let me put the year in perspective. If you were to imagine the whole year, month by month by month by month, as a train, feast by feast by feast as a train, then, then this particular season we are in, this fall season, that would be the engine, the locomotive. That would be the energy. That would be the beginning is what's pulling this train around. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's this season of the year. We just experienced, just a few days ago, 10 days ago, we just experienced God's new year, Rosh Hashanah, called the head of the year. And now we are in this season, we've been in 10 days of awe, and today, you know, is that day of atonement. When the days of all have concluded and people have repented, and you now God set this up. People didn't set this up. You know, God is the one that set this up. And we are at that point to where God is saying that there is a coming day whenever there will be a judgment. And on that judgment day, you will either be forgiven or not forgiven. You will be actually, you know, Jesus will either step on the scales of eternity for you or your, your name will not be found written in that Lamb's book of life. You know, you will either have to give an account and pay the debt yourself or else you will be freed from it. You will either carry and bear your own sins or else you will have given your sins to 
Christ. God does not expect one of us to be perfect, but he does expect us to give our sins to Jesus and let Jesus carry our sins. And so, uh, you know, now, 10 days into the new year, we're at the Day of Atonement, the best day of the year. And this day will ultimately be the day when our sins are actually forgiven. I, I don't know how else to put that. I don't know. Let, let, me, let me give you, uh, you know, I know our sins are forgiven. Yes, yes, they are forgiven. You know, if you've been born again, you've asked Jesus to forgive your sins, he's forgiven your sins. Okay, that's, that's, that's right. But yet, you know, you're still carrying them around sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know how to explain this, but I have experienced it. I have been forgiven, and yet I'm still burdened. <laughs> you ever been there? You ever been burdened with your sin, but you were forgiven, and you've asked forgiveness, but yet you're carrying it around? Sure. And, uh, uh, but, but yet we have this picture of, of, of having been forgiven, and, in, and, and we have been. And in faith we have been. And in faith we are saved. By, by, by faith I am saved. Okay? I am saved, you know, by faith. But one day, I will not be saved by faith. One day, I will not even have any more faith. One day, I will not need any more faith. Because once it happens, you don't need any more faith for it. Faith is my evidence. Faith is my title, deed. It's my spiritual title to something that I do not now have in my hands. But one day, I will not need faith anymore because I will have salvation in my hands. I will have forgiveness in my hands. I it, it will be, if you will, materialized. Once, once what I believe for materializes, once I'm believing, you know, if, if I'm believing God for something uh, and, and, and he, he, he gives that to me, then boom. I don't have to go around believing him for it anymore. That would be, you know, ludicrous to keep praying for something that I, that I already have. But, now that's the element of faith. And today we have faith. I have faith that I am saved. But one day I will actually be saved. I have been saved. I am being saved. But one day I will really be saved. You know, I have been healed. I am being healed. And one day I will really be healed. I have been forgiven. I am being forgiven. But one day I will really be forgiven. I have the blood of Christ, you know, which cleanses me from all sin. But one day the blood of Christ will cleanse me from all. That's what the Day of Atonement points at. I am excited to know that when the books of heaven are opened one day and I stand before God, uh, it will happen right in front of my eyes. I will see what I have believed for. I will see all of a sudden, and, and all of creation will see all of a sudden who I belong to and whose I am and the choices I have made. And, and all of a sudden, I will realize something that right now I can only imagine. It's amazing to me. You see, I, I'm excited to know that God will one day put my sins as far as the east is from the west, Psalms 103.12. That's what it's pointing at. I'll, I'll tell you how that scripture plays in in just a moment. In Psalms 103, verse 12, which uh, A.J. read tonight without even knowing, but this scripture ties into God taking your sins and sending them out into a wilderness as far, and, and to never be seen again as far as the east is from the west. It'll be a forever settled subject. He will one day cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. 
That's what the Bible says. He will take my sins and he will cast them. You know, I, sure, I believe God for that, but right now they're not in the sea of forgetfulness. Right now my sins are in the sea of rememberedness. <laughs> remembered by myself often and also remembered by others and pointed at a lot. But one day they will be in a sea of forgetfulness. One day they will be remembered no more. Wow. Now, this is what excites me about the very best day of the year. It's pointing at a time when I'm going to be guilt-free. <laughs> you know? I mean, I've been forgiven, and I'm not going to have to pay for my sins, and I'm saved. But one day, boom, I'm going to see this, you know, take place. And that will be the ultimate fulfillment of this Day of Atonement. And I'm excited to see that. I will see it with my own eyes. Uh, this is the coming ultimate fulfillment of the Day of Atonement, of this Yom Kippur, of, 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 of this you know, cleansing, if you will. Uh, I have a hope that I'm looking forward to. But there will be an ultimate fulfillment. Every feast has its ultimate fulfillment. All seven of the major feasts have an ultimate fulfillment. And they have an eternal fulfillment. They have a fulfillment in Christ. They have a fulfillment in eternity. But uh, when God inspired Moses to write Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, which uh, uh, the Jews call Torah, when, when God inspired Moses to write uh, this Torah, he devoted one whole chapter to the Day of Atonement. Gave it a lot of play. A lot of details. I mean, uh, uh, and, and you can read about it if you would uh, want to go and read about this. You can read about it in the 16th chapter of Leviticus. And I'll, I'll leave you to that, uh, uh, to, to, to read that and to make sure. But Moses quoted God as to the details of that day, how to observe that day, how, you know, what happens on this day, what, 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 should, what should be done on this day of atonement, what is going to be done. And, and, and we, we can read into there throughout the rest of the Word of God on, on, on the symbolism of it being repeated over and over and see it in Christ and then see the promise in eternity all the way to the last chapter of Revelation. So if you'll allow me to take the details of this celebration uh, and how it's to be strictly observed, uh, you know, they're, they're fascinating. They give so much insight into how, what God intends for us. But if you'll uh, allow me to give some details, just a very brief overview for tonight. And please go back and study this and read this. So many people have, have, have so much to say about it. But let me give you a few details of how this day was to be observed. Okay, um, the high priest was to, um, on the Day of Atonement, was to enter into the Holy of Holies. The only day of the whole year that the high priest could go into where the Ark of the Covenant was. And he was to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. Okay? Now, uh, he was dressed in a long robe, and he had a girdle about him, and, and they would even put little bells at the bottom of his robe, of his uh, garments, so that you know, he, when he walked, he would go ding, tinkle, 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 whatever, you know, ding, 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 whatever bells make. And they tied a rope around his waist, by the way, traditionally, 
because if he was unclean, he would die in there, and they would, didn't want to have to wait a whole other year for another priest to go in and get him out. So they would, you know, had a way that they could pull him back out. Isn't that interesting? That's tradition, by the way. But, uh, but uh, he's dressed just like John saw Jesus in Revelation dressed. Interesting. And the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies only one time per year to offer blood sacrifice that, number one, was intended to cleanse the tabernacle, to cleanse the temple. He would put this blood uh, in, the, in the tabernacle, in the temple, and he would cleanse and sprinkle things with the blood, the heavenly utensils of worship. And he would cleanse the temple with the blood. And then uh, there were two goats chosen on that day. Some of you are familiar with this. This is that day that two goats would be chosen and then lots would be cast to see which one of the goats would be sacrificed and his blood used to cleanse the temple and which one of the goats would be the scapegoat that the priest would later lay his hands on the scapegoat and confess all of the sins of the nation on that goat and God would place all the sins of the people and the nation on that scapegoat. And then he would be taken to the wilderness and sent out into the east, into the wilderness, and would never be seen again. Interesting, huh? Well, there's a lot of symbolism in that, which I'm certain that you can understand uh, and, and, and imagine what is going on there. But this particular... Uh, cleansing of the temple is where I want to, to kind of focus on just a moment because uh, you know we often don't imagine that the tabernacle the temple of God needs to be cleansed but why does it need to be cleansed because we're in the fall festivals okay now on the first day of Tishri which was 10 days ago there was the new year, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. Then we get 10 days, and today, the Day of Atonement, the cleansing of the temple. Then we get another five days, and we have the Feast of Tabernacles. God dwelling with man. So, the temple needed to be cleansed because God was going to come to the temple amazing huh well this was the picture that God gave Moses and this is what they did every year it dealt with the cleansing of the temple and then it dealt with the uh, prayers and the forgiveness of the people and the sins put on the goat and the goat going out you know the blood cleansed the temple and forgave the people without the shedding of blood there's no remission of sins and then then the sins went as far as the east is from the west okay got me all right uh, the new testament says in hebrews the ninth chapter in verse 24 for christ has not entered the holy places made with hands that means he, he he's he's not going into a into a tabernacle like what moses went into 
this, this tabernacle, this temple, this holy place, this, this place where the presence, the power, and the glory of God is, is not a place that was made with hands. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true. But He, Christ, entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Here making reference back. And if we were to, you know, I I would encourage you to read this whole ninth chapter and read it in context as to what it is talking about. But all throughout the Word of God, we witness God's intent. You know, Moses went into the holy place made with hands. Christ went into a holy place not made with hands. You know, Moses, you know, Aaron, the high priest, went into this holy of holies to cleanse it so that God could come and live there. So that God could come and tabernacle without destroying it. And all throughout the Word, we witness God's intent to cleanse His temple. It was the responsibility of the high priest to be clean himself. You know, he first had to offer sacrifice for himself. Uh, Man did, the the high priest after the order of Aaron. Of course, Jesus was cleansed himself. But the priest had to be clean, had to be cleansed. And then it was his responsibility to cleanse the temple with the blood of the sacrifice and then to remove the sins of the people and send it as far as the east is from the west. It was his responsibility. It was his responsibility to, to, to ensure that the temple and that the instruments or the utensils of worship were cleansed, were purified. The responsibility for cleansing these heavenly utensils, of course, fell squarely on the shoulder of Jesus. The high priest on earth cleansed the earthly utensils of worship. The high priest of heaven cleansed the heavenly utensils of worship. And twice we see in Jesus' earthly life and ministry, twice, once in John chapter 2 and once at the end of the earthly life and ministry of Jesus, just you know, a, a few days before he's crucified, Matthew 21, Mark 11, Luke 11, we see Jesus entering into the temple to cleanse it. You know, y'all, y'all remember he, he, he went in and, and you know, he, he turned over the table of the money changers and you know, he even platted a whip and John sat down and you know, platted a scourge and went in and he beat them and he drove out those things out of the temple. He drove out the money changers and those that sold doves, you know, peace, doves, those that had peace for sale and those, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of implication here that he wanted to cleanse the temple. He wanted to keep the temple clean. He, he, he wanted to clean. Why? Because Because, you know, God shall suddenly come to his temple. And how important it is that that his house is a house of prayer. His temple is cleansed. And and it's not just a house of merchandise. And it's not just a house of of, of sin and debauchery and cheating and lying and stealing and lust and, and flesh. All the things. He just wanted to cleanse. I mean, God was on a 
a clean adventure, cleansing adventure. Well, it seems cleansing the temple of God was always on the mind of Jesus. In fact, you know, uh, some could argue that this is the reason he came to earth, was to prepare a habitation for God, was to prepare a place for God to live eternally. Ultimately, the spiritual application of the Day of Atonement and the ceremony that we see in Leviticus, uh, which, which went on for generations as a dress rehearsal, and you know, we, we can see two clear supported facts. There are two things that we need to understand about uh, what all this day points at. And believe me, it's the best day of the year because it's the day when I am actually going to be not just ultimately forgiven, but I don't know how God's going to do it. It's 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 going to be gone. It's going to be gone in God's mind, in my mind, in everybody else's mind, and I'm going to be purified. It's going to be amazing. I'm not going to spend eternity apologizing for my sins. I'm not going to spend eternity known for what I have done here on earth that has brought any discredit to the name of Christ. I'm not going to remember it. He's not going to remember it. It's amazing what God is going to do in that day. I don't know how he's going to do it, but it is going to be the best day of the year, the best day of my life. Amazing. Okay, so here are two very well-supported facts. Number one, Jesus is our high priest. And you remember the high priest is responsible for cleansing the temple. Jesus is our high priest. According to Leviticus 16, it's his duty to cleanse the temple of God. And if you were to read in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, in verse 14, it would tell you that Jesus is our great high priest. That's what it says. Jesus is our great high priest. Wow. And he has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Uh, Number two, number one, Jesus is our great high priest. Number two, we are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians uh, 3 tells us, you know, do you not know that you're the temple of God? You know, verse 16, 17, you know, don't defile the temple. Uh, Verse uh, uh, 19, uh, uh, or do you not know? that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. You know, 2 Corinthians 6, 16, and what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? You know, what, what, you know we, we, we have nothing to do with those things that defile us. And we, he says, don't defile, because you are the temple of God. Jesus came to earth to cleanse a holy habitation for God so that God could live in us. Ultimately, ultimately, we will see this day when we are built together as a holy habitation for God Himself. And He will tabernacle with us. He will dwell with us. He will live with us. Amazing. Each year, God's new year is not only a time of celebration, uh, but it's also a time we've just come through this season of an encouragement to repent so that we could be cleansed. Because today the cleansing is not with whips and not with scourges and not with these things that remove earthly uh, 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 you know, uh, disadvantages and, and unclean, but rather a spiritual cleansing, a repentance from our heart. 
it's our responsibility. You know, it's, it's, it's Jesus cleanses us. But it's our responsibility to manage his temple because we too are kings and priests unto God. And it's our responsibility not to let these money changers in and not to let these things that defile in our life, not to let the flesh into our life and into our mind, into our heart, not to allow sin to rule our lives. That's our responsibility. And, and you know, we should serve the Lord uh, with, in, in, in holiness with godly reverence and with godly fear. We should serve the Lord with, uh, with, with a consciousness. You know, uh, Jesus said if we were to judge ourselves, we would not be judged. We need to examine ourselves. We need to make sure that we are right with God. And, and, and God is giving time. The whole earth today has been given time, opportunity, and been given the tools. Uh, just like in the days of Noah, like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, even you know, uh, the United States, each one of us individually, we have been given a season. We are in a great season. If we want to, if anyone dares, they can repent and turn their life over to Christ and he will come in and cleanse that temple and make it a holy habitation of the Lord. And one day we will see the ultimate fulfillment. One day Jesus will step on the scales of eternity for us and our sins will be fully and finally forgiven. We'll never deal with them again. We will never deal with sin, temptation ever again. No sickness no worry, no pain, no fear, nothing again. But here we are today in this temporal body, in this earthly existence, subject to vanity, subject to futility. What do we do today? It is our responsibility, as God points out. The Apostle John even wrote to us about this in 1 John, the first chapter. He said, verse 8, if you say you have no sin, you know, by the way, you know, you're deceived. He said in verse 8, if you think that you don't have some uncleanness in your life, you are deceived. That's what he said in verse 8. Verse 9, he says, that if we confess our sin... If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He can cleanse us. We can keep ourselves clean. He can cleanse us. But it requires us getting honest with Him. And He said in verse 10, if you say you have no sin, you're making Him out to be a liar. And He's no liar. He goes on in, 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 in the next, next chapter and he says, listen, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. But just confess. If you'll confess your sins before him. Now, this is still a part of the New Testament. And it should be a part of the, excuse me, the charismatic expression of the full gospel and neo-Pentecostal experience that you may have embraced. It should be a part of the grace of God in your life that you would daily come to Him and confess your sin. And if you say you have none, you're deceived. To confess your sins before Him and He would cleanse you. Uh, why, not? Why, not just, you know, why not just decide you're going to have a little talk with Jesus? Tell Him all about it. He will hear your faintest cry. <laughs> okay. 
Just have a little talk with Jesus. Why? Because you are the temple of God. He is your high priest. And this is the best day of the year. Would you bow your head for just a moment? And let's pray and let's ask God right now. Let's just begin this right now on this day of atonement. Let's just ask him to forgive us of our sins. It may be, you know, worry, fear, frustration, aggravation. You may be, you know, bound in some problem or, 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 or in some sin. Or you may have allowed merchandise, uh, you know, the flesh to get, to get between you and God. You may have allowed someone else's problem to get between you and God. Whatever the situation is, would you ask him just to begin to gently and kindly reveal that? You know, Psalms 103 says, the, the Lord will not keep his anger forever. But like as a father pitieth a child, so the Lord pities. He takes it easy on you, on his children, those that love him. Okay? He's faithful and he's just to cleanse you from unrighteousness and to put your sins as far as the east is from the west. Let's just ask him to gently and kindly reveal uh, our, our shortcomings, our failures, our sins to us so that we can confess them back to him. And as we do that on a daily basis, he will certainly keep us clean before God. God, Lord, we want you to live in us in a greater way, Lord. And, and God, the way that you come to your temple, Lord, is because it is cleansed, Father. Lord, suddenly come to us, God. Cleanse us, Almighty God. Gently and kindly reveal to us, Lord, the sin in our life, Lord, the failure, the shortcomings, Lord, falling short of your grace, your intent, Lord. Gently, Father, Lord, begin to remind us, Lord, God, of the things, Lord, that we, Lord, need, Father, to lay before you. And then, Lord, as we confess our sins before you lord we know you will be faithful and just lord to forgive us of our sins as we acknowledge our sins as sin lord and if we imagine our sin is not sin we are deceived and we make you out to be a liar lord our sin is sin lord our sin is sin and jesus is the one who carried our sin and lord one day we will see it no more but for today lord our need in this temporary life is to confess our sins before you God and you Lord you alone father Lord will forgive us of our sins Lord help us God Lord don't let us Lord live a life of worry and frustration and aggravation Lord forgive us Lord show us God and cleanse us cleanse our nation Lord of the sins Lord forgive our nation Lord of of the many sins begin Lord uh, Lord to reveal to our national leaders the sin that is sin Lord that is sin Lord and God as they confess sin before you God Lord just just cause a great groundswell Lord let a miracle Lord unfold Lord in our nation Lord in our communities Lord and let us stand before you lord righteous and holy lord uh, god uh, that, that jesus would lord help us to drive out every uh, uh, wicked intent lord in our nation and lord uh, in in the name of jesus we pray lord forgive us father cleanse us lord and come to your temple in a great way thank you lord for the day of atonement in jesus name amen 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 Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.